Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. I'm very happy to announce the extension of our podcast sponsorship, the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Dr. Sturette is a movement and mobility coach for players in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA, plus a doctor of physical therapy. Kelly has created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. And if you haven't tried this, you got it. It's so simple. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you the guided videos and walks you through it step by step using Kelly's proven techniques to relieve pain, improve range of motion, and improve performance. Since coming on board as a sponsor, I've had a lot of listeners, including my own clients, my own athletes, who've been using these protocols on a daily basis, and we've seen an increase in recovery from training session to training session. What does that let me do as a coach? It lets me train them a little harder. It lets me push them a little bit harder. So you got to try it. It's completely free for two weeks. If you decide to continue, you can get an additional 10% off for life. You just have to use the promo code PROJECT10. Again, the promo code is PROJECT10 to use the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach, a sponsor of the Project Fitness Podcast. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Insight Change Podcast. Here I have Chris Fudge here. I, I met Chris through uh, mentorship and then I did some live training with him. He was a, a great help in terms of working with techniques and that like, and I was excited to have him come on and speak to us. Chris has his own podcast. I'll let him explain that and, and introduce it as well. So without further ado, welcome to the Insight Change Podcast, Chris. Super excited to be here. One of the beauties that COVID's brought on, they didn't bring on much, is a lot of people are now doing more online stuff. So the ability to sit down and have a conversation with you, I am where I am, you are where you are, and I can still speak to your listeners. Yes. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's, that's happening. And thank you for having me on. I, uh, I'm excited by it. And I, I wasn't, I didn't know that you had a podcast at first. And then I started to see, oh, wow, look, Chris has got one too. And as we were chatting before, like, we kind of started both at the same time because, you know, we were just thinking about it and like, hey, let's see what happens. Right. So here we are with, uh, with uh, a joint podcast, I guess, if you want to call it that. <laughs> so funny thing, my podcast kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I always listen to podcasts. I found they were a, a cheap or free source of education, free source mm-hmm. of motivation, hearing people's stories having people interview experts. And when COVID hit, I was, I was at home where I am right now. And one of my best friends sent me a message and he's like, Oh man, like, I wish I could just like have a coffee with you. Like we could just go out and grab a Java. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like we were in like lockdown, lockdown. Yeah. And uh, I said, you want to do one on Instagram? He's like, what? I said, let's do an Instagram live tomorrow. And we'll just have mm. a coffee. We'll, just, yeah. we'll talk. And if people interact, we interact back. And he's, he's a trainer. So yeah. we just started shooting, shooting the shit about what's going on in the world and stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, like you do what the trainers thing do. We start talking about fitness and yes. a lot of, a lot of his listeners and my listeners were like interacting, asking questions and it was good. It was awesome. And then mm. the next day or um, that night, someone messaged me. They're like, Hey, you want to have coffee tomorrow? Like, sure. <laughs> go for it. So the next day someone came on and we did a coffee. And the next thing you know, people were saying like, Hey, could you have so-and-so could you have so-and-so they're asking me to invite people on. Yeah. So I did it every day, 9am. And I ended up doing just shy of a hundred. I did like really? 90, some of these, like, like three months in a row. Right. Yeah. I was, like I was at work working again. I was like, the gyms were, and I was, I was still like, oh, I can't train anyone at nine. I got to go have my coffee with Chris is what I called it. Yeah. And I, said, I just got to stop doing this. 
So I just ran out of time. So I stopped it and I couldn't record any of them. It was just Instagram was allowing you to save your lives. Yeah. And uh, so then people started messaging me after like, hey, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. And then I was like, I've always thought about it. And I said, you know what? Fudge it. What's the worst thing that could happen? So mm-hmm. I just dove in and I started the Project Fitness Podcast, mm-hmm. which is a, um, I do two episodes a week and one episode is an interview style where I bring yeah. on an expert. Mm-hmm. So I've had um, sex and intimacy coach experts. I've had glucose experts. I've had spine health experts. I had Ben Pakalski on bodybuilding expert. Nice. Right? Like getting these different experts on and I interview them. And then a, yeah. a second episode I do a week is a 10 minute how to. So it's in 10 minutes or less. I teach you how to do something regarding mm-hmm. fitness, health, nutrition, sleep. It's in that mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've been enjoying it a lot. So the podcasts have brought me a lot of joy. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my podcast, Project Fitness Podcast. Yeah, and I think it's good because it's, it's an evergreen project. Like people can always go back at it. You can educate people without having to like say, hey, you need an hour of my time. It's going to cost you, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a way to sort of help people in, in a way that's not having to be one-on-one all the time. Yeah, it's it's a resource that's now out there, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I did two of them. I did two ten minute how tos on sleep, just because sleep's so important for people, and ten minutes wasn't enough, but twenty mm-hmm. seemed to do it. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of my clients, I say, hey, listen to this ten minute, pen and paper, jot down three things that resonate with you, mm-hmm. three things you can practice, yeah. and then the next time we meet, I talk to them. Did you try it? Did you try it? And then we get great results that way. Yeah, that's perfect because you can only get so much time working with someone one-on-one and, and having them sort of go back and listen to things and, and almost do homework, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. It helps you to, to, to help them and coach them without having to be there, like like you're saying, right? So Yeah. Everyone's so, so busy. You got you to gotta, you gotta try to use as, get as much done in as little amount of time as possible. Exactly. Right? And it's becoming more and more, right? So mm-hmm. um, tell, tell us a little bit, Chris, like how, how did you even get into fitness in the first? Like, tell us like baby Chris, like what <laughs> happened to get us where we're at here? Well, my, my story is, uh, my story is unique. It's different. I've mm-hmm. never crossed paths with someone with the same story. Mm-hmm. So it, it starts off kind of the same as everyone else who works in fitness. They like doing sports, you know, mm-hmm. and then they somehow said, I'll do some more sports or I'll do some fitness to help with my sports. Mm-hmm. I was 13 years old. Uh, my family got a military pass to the gym. My, my family's all military. My parents were, so you get a pass to the military based gym. Uh, so my dad would take me uh, New Year's, me and my older sisters, just after New Year's. So it was, I was a New Year's resolution guy, <laughs> believe it or not, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the gym, play some badminton with my dad, play some basketball. They had a pool. Then they had like a weight room. Mm-hmm. But just outside of the weight room, they had a cardio room. So dad let me do cardio. So I go and I hop on the bike and, and he'd be on the bike beside me. Now, dad was like 40 pounds overweight. He was like a smoker. Mm-hmm. Like he'd get on that thing for like 10 minutes and he'd just be like sucking wind, right? And he'd get mm-hmm. off and I, I'd keep biking. Hit 20 minutes. And then one time I did 30 minutes and one time I biked for a full hour. My dad's like, wow, like you're really good at this. And I didn't know any better. I was like, yeah, I'm the man. But really I was 13, like fresh into puberty. And I was being compared to a, a man 40 years or 40 pounds overweight in his yeah. mid forties was a smoker. Yeah. Like, of course I was amazing. I mean, <laughs> I was being set up against him, but it gave me like a real instant boost of confidence. Like one mm-hmm. of the first times I was like that, that compliment made me feel really good about my health and fitness. Mm-hmm. So dad would go in the weight room. So I said, can I come lift weights with you? He's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. He's like, I'm going to work out. You do your own thing. Like my dad wasn't very much like, let me show you how to work out. Yeah. But he's like, just don't bother me. And you can stay in here. Okay. And so that was the rule. As a 13-year-old kid, I was allowed to go in the weight room if there was an adult. Mm-hmm. But Saturday rolled around. 
And I said, dad, let's go to the gym. And he's like, no, no, no I don't work out on the weekends, Monday to Friday. And I said, well, <laughs> what, what am I going to do? He's like, I don't know, figure it out. Yeah. And those three words have, has been my mantra my entire life ever since. Yeah. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. I wanted to lift weights. So I go to the gym, I show up. I'm like, Hey, dad's not here. I want to go lift weights. I'm not old enough. What can I do? They're like, well, do you know anyone else that's over 18? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, sorry. Like there's, there's no other way. Like sure your dad won't come. I'm like, no. And then all of a sudden uh, they said, Hey, we have this, this fitness course going on next weekend mm-hmm. for personal trainers. And if you take the course, I guess, you know, we can let you go in there by yourself. Cause it's kind of like a liability thing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go home to dad. I'm like, dad, I want to take this personal training course at like age 13. Yeah. And uh, I hit some savings and he matched me 50% of the, the cost. And I went and I took, it was a two weekend course. And I took a two weekend course with, and it let me go into the weight room by myself mm-hmm. at age 13. And I was taking the course and I was like any other 13 year old kid, you don't like school. And I was in class and I'm like, Ooh, that's pretty cool. Oh, muscles do that. Bones do that. And I was into it. From that point on, I always worked out. I was always interested in fitness. Mm-hmm. When we'd be doing sports, I was like, I, I can run the longest because that means I'm healthiest. So I would always like push that thing. Mm-hmm. I'll do the most push-ups because that means I'm healthiest. I was always like identified as being healthy. And I was really into that. I wasn't, I wasn't like, I want to just do weights for, for girls and sports, even though that was a large component of it. Mm-hmm. But I also like identified as I'm the healthiest person around, whatever, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. So I always was into fitness. And then when I graduated school, high school, I went on to college and university and I took fitness courses. I was a strength conditioning coach at a university for a bunch of years. I did a bunch of fitness assessments and uh, I worked in a lab doing lab work and we did a bunch of fitness testing for the RCMP. And then from there, I found my way into a commercial gym setting, Good Life Fitness. Mm-hmm way back in, in New Brunswick and they have a level, they have a tiered system for leveling up your trainers. And I started off at the bottom level one. And, um, over the years I climbed, I climbed, I climbed, and then eventually good life. They created an additional level for me. So I'm a level seven trainer in the company. Wow. I'm the only level seven, right? <laughs> Did they set There's up no, a criteria for that or like how, yeah, how that a certain work? criteria that has to do with like, um, your performance, um, your metrics, your, your years of service, your education. There's mm-hmm. a large, co- very large coaching component of it. Mm-hmm. And I am a, a powerlifting coach as well. So that's actually a very large part of, of my business. I coach a lot of powerlifters, you know, from day one, you don't even know what a barbell looks like to mm-hmm. let's go to the world championships back to back years and let's get on the podium. Mm-hmm. So like I've done a lot of stuff with the powerlifting. So the coaching aspect was a big component. I've coached um, in the bodybuilding world, bikini. I dabbled in that for a bunch of years, had a lot of really good success with, with females um, from a wellness approach, taking a holistic approach to bikini. Mm-hmm. So I would always identify as like, man, like I'm into fitness. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't take time off from fitness. It's like, oh, I got a vacation this week. What, yeah. cup, what books can I buy yeah. to read up on? Oh, I want to yeah. read about gut health. I want to read about this. Fitness is my thing. I'm sure you understand. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, people sometimes don't understand. They're like, why do you like, this is all you do. And I remember taking PN and they're talking about like, what's outside of fitness. And I just think of myself, <laughs> like, I don't know, like I like sports. <laughs> yeah. Even like just going to the, like my family's got a, a cottage. So we go to yeah. the cottage in the summer. Yeah. And anytime I'm in the, the water in the lake, I'm like, I'm just going to swim and get out of breath. Yeah. 
Like I'm not going to float. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to swim and get a workout in while I'm here. Like yeah. to me, that's interesting. And my dad's so funny. So funny. I remember as a teenager and I was walking up the stairs one day after like a crazy leg day and I'm like limping and I'm walking around. He's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, my legs, they're just so sore from the workout I did yesterday. And he says, he looks at me, he goes, you know, what's really going to suck one day. And I go, what? He goes, when you die of nothing. What? I said, what? He goes, at least I'm going to die of something. I'll have some disease or something you get when you get old. He's like you, cause you're so much into this health crap. Mm-hmm. You're going to die of nothing. That's interesting. Eh? Like he's, he's like, I'm going to go out burnt, like in a, in a fire and flames. And you're like, yeah, yeah. 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 So how are you going to feel one day when you die of nothing? <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of a compliment dad. I'll take it. Would you say that he was a big influence on you or was there other people that were sort of mentors for you growing up as well? My, you know, my dad got the gym membership mm-hmm. and then, you know, I was the only one that renewed it. Right. He didn't mm-hmm. really stay on with the, the fitness trend. My family's not really big in, in the fitness. When I, mm-hmm. when I go home to visit them, like I got older sisters and, and um, they're in the East coast of Canada. That's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I, I go home now and like they're in their forties and stuff. And I'll still like wrestle them, <laughs> you know, like we're still like seven to 10 years old, 10 yeah, year olds all the forever. time, but fit, fitness <laughs> and health is not a big component of, of their life. Mm-hmm. So they were never really like big influencers. They were always big supporters. They yeah. were always big supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for influencers, man, like anyone else, you grab that muscle and fiction magazine, right? I had a subscription. Uh, I found bodybuilding.com. Mm-hmm. I'd look at bodybuilders. I'd look at fitness people. Um, I was a big track guy as well. So mm-hmm. Steve Prefontaine was American distance runner. And I was like a big fan of him, just like pushing your body to different limits. Like if, if CrossFit came out mm-hmm. when I was younger, like I would be hundred percent into CrossFit. I just know I would because mm-hmm. it really pushed that aspect. So like, you know, Rich Franklin or, or, or those guys, those big uh, CrossFitters, like they would mm-hmm. have probably been my mentors. But yeah, man, just the muscle heads, Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman, yeah. like Dorian Yates, like old school guys, like that, they, they kind of started off in the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and it's like you look up to them, but you also learn from them. And it's something that, that inspires you and pushes you forward. And sometimes it's hard because if your family is not really like that, it's hard sometimes to to talk to them because they just don't understand. Tell us a little bit about those like relationships sometimes where it maybe it's 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 challenging with uh, either if they ask for help, that's my favorite, or like just sort of trying to influence them positively without pushing them. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. It's always tough with when, anytime someone's seen you naked yeah. or like changed your diaper, <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it's, it's hard to give them advice. Yes. And uh, so I never, I never tried to give my family advice when it comes to health, unless mm-hmm. they ask. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like my rule. If you, if you ask, I'll tell you, if you don't yeah. ask, Hey, you can sit there and you can, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. My family was always very supportive. So what I mean by that is if I said, yeah, I'm going to the gym tomorrow i can't do this thing because i got the gym at that time they're like oh okay like like mm-hmm. that that's fine they just know that's something that i do yeah and it doesn't need to i don't need to change that to be around them mm-hmm. they, they you know they don't know all the ins and outs and they should be worried they should have been much more worried than they were i remember for christmas i used to ask for protein powder yeah so uh, my stocking would have cans of tuna, clover leaf, the good stuff, right? <laughs> and then for I'd have like five and ten pound tubs of protein, and I'd ask uh-huh. Dad for like creatine, Uh-oh, and he's like, "Is creatine. it steroids?" He's like, "The steroids?" I'm like, "No, no, but it's pretty close." Yeah. 
but they looked at me like I had three heads, but they were just very supportive of anything that I did. Mm -hmm. Now, over the years, I've trained everyone in my family at different levels for different things at different points. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like great, great memories, great stories come out of that stuff. Just just getting to spend that alone time with them. And it's different to be like, I'm the youngest in the family. And now you got to say what I do and listen. (laughs) And they they don't, they don't always do that. But like my dad, I was training him once and uh, he kept uh, pretending that his shoe was coming untied. So he'd stop and tie a shoe. And we were outside at a track doing stuff. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Stop, tie your shoe, stop, tie. I'm like, I'm like, dad, get a pair of zipper sneakers or something. What's going on here? Yeah. He didn't tell me at the time, but he was having angina attacks. No. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to get some stints put in. He had a heart condition. We didn't know. Uh-huh. he didn't know to mention it. He's just like, oh man, my, my chest, it hurts. It feels like yeah. someone's stabbing me. So I'll just pretend my shoe's untied to get a breather, yeah. <laughs> right? So when you're in fitness, you're like, we should know about that. Like you should, you should probably, but they don't know, right? Like yeah. my parents are, are old. You know, I got a call once um, from my aunt. She said, your mother's in the hospital. She had a heart attack. And obviously you feel terrible i call my sisters up like hey mom blah, blah. yeah so <clears throat> then they got on the, we got on the phone with the doctor and the doctor explains a couple things and then we got on the phone with mom and you're like mom how you doing she's like good good i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine mm-hmm. doctor said he had like a heart attack and stuff yeah. she's like no 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 no. i'm like well yeah mom that's, that's what he said no no no. um i just got a little bit of fat caught in my ribs <laughs> what pardon me she goes yeah just a little bit of fat got stuck in my ribs that's all it was it's, it was nothing I'm like mom the doctor said you had a heart attack. No, no, he's wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, mom, you know, I work in health, right? Yeah. To the day denies it. No, that stuck in the ribs. My God. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't think people always equate like fitness with health, but it's, it's really on that continuum. Yeah. Like we need, like when you work in fitness, you need to know about what is angina, cardiac arrest, signs and symptoms, you know, and my, my own default the work that I was putting my dad through, I was still very much a junior trainer. Mm-hmm. It was not appropriate for him based on what I know now, mm-hmm. but here's the caveat. He wasn't paying me. So it's his own fault. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to pay for a trainer. <laughs> sometimes if they cost more, there's a reason behind that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's something that uh, you learn after a while. Like after you, you know what, you know, you look at people you may compare yourself to. And it's like, there's a reason why I charge this. And that person is, I always that. compare myself to yeah. what I used to do. It's yeah. an easy way to go about it. Sometimes you say yeah. like, Oh, I would, I charge this at this point in my career. Well, I was worth mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Now, now I know more now, now I'm worth more, but back to the, the parenting and the family things, mm-hmm. never had any awkward situations because like I said, my family is very supportive and stuff. I, I'd come home we go to barbecues. I would go to the grocery store. I'd grab some food, come over. I'd barbecue my own stuff. They're like, yeah, whatever. Like mm-hmm. th- they get that. But the pinnacle, like the big moment for me was um, I'd won some awards. I'd won mm-hmm. some awards as like the top personal trainer in Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. Like multiple times. Yeah. So it's been established that I'm kind of okay at my job. Yeah. <laughs> my dad never asked me for any fitness advice prior. Yeah. A couple of years after that, still never asked me for any advice. I never said anything. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, so one day he calls me up and he says, uh, he said, Hey, I um, just want to let you know why I lost 10 pounds. I'm like, dad, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. I lost 10 pounds, but um, it's kind of stalled out and I want to lose, I want to lose some more. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what advice do you got for me? So I'm ready, right? At this point, I'm probably like 
10 years in the industry. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit them with the gold standard, right? We're going to do yeah. carb cycling. We're going to count your macros. We fasted yeah. carb. Like, I'm just going to hit them with everything, right? And then I sat back for a quick second. I was like, maybe that's not the best idea. Mm-hmm. So instead, what I said was, okay, dad, you lost 10 pounds. How'd you do that? And he said, well, I eat pretty much the same thing every day. So all I did was cut it in half. I said, what? Wow. He said, yeah, I literally just, I just ate half of everything. So every day I used to have like a tuna sandwich and a muffin. So now I have half a tuna sandwich and half a muffin. I used to eat a whole can of peas and some cheese slices for dinner. Now I eat half a can and half the cheese slices. I used to eat a whole sleeve of crackers. Now I eat half. So he had like his literally the exact same thing every day. Yeah. That's what he ate. So now he's looking for this, this wisdom, this, this golden nugget from his son. Mm -hmm. This is what I came up with. I said, you know what, dad? why don't you just eat half of half? <laughs> How do you right? react to that? <laughs> He's like, oh, I never thought of that. He's like, I can do that. I'm like, yeah, try it out. Let me know what happens. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, he started losing more weight again. Yeah. Right? Like there were so many, so many options I had, so many suggestions I could make. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, this guy saw me naked and he's changed my diaper. I can't overwhelm him. I can't give him too much. I already almost gave him a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So I said, what, what is the most likely thing that he would do mm-hmm. in this very moment that I can offer him as a suggestion to get him where he wants to go? Mm-hmm. And it was literally taking his own advice and shoving it in his own face mm-hmm. and saying, what you're doing is working. Just, just make this one modification and mm-hmm. you'll be good. And it did. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're, you hit it right on the head there. Like we sometimes overcomplicate things. You're thinking of all these op- options you could have you put in, in front of him, but you realize like, I know, I know this person. I know what's working. I asked what's working. So why don't I just help them like facilitate this change without having to go th- throw everything at him? Yeah. And for a lot of people, like they have a, the, the right understanding, the right idea. They just need a little bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. But anytime when you're talking about habit change, um, um, cognitive function like in the right direction the best way to get someone there is make them think it's their own idea yes make them think it's their own idea if you're if you're listening and you got a husband and wife husband or wife husband or wife if you have a husband and wife this might be a little bit more tricky if you have a husband (laughs) or a wife or a partner Mm -hmm. and anytime that you're in those sticky situations where you're trying to get your way and he or she's trying to get her way Mm -hmm. at any point where they think it's their idea man Mm -hmm. you're good you're good you're good (laughs) <laughs> yes. This is uh, what I often teach uh, some of my students where it's like, you want them to argue for their own changes, right? So if you mm-hmm. just sort of plant some ideas and let them argue for them, then it's it's as if they came up for them- themselves and they're going to do it more likely. That's a great idea. Argue for themselves. I like that. Now, um, in terms of, of that's how maybe you changed your approach over the years, do you feel like you're be- simplifying it more or is it becoming more complicated as you've, you've- grown in. in Uh, Well, you know, I used to, I used to dabble into um, what I thought was the most advanced, Mm -hmm. like what was the best kind of thing. And I would overcomplicate things. And I think a lot of us do in our training journey for your own personal fitness and, Mm -hmm. or if you work in fitness and you want to look for the coolest thing, but the human body hasn't changed that much in a few millennial, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing kind of the same things. Mm -hmm. When you, when you overfeed us, we gain body fat. When you underfeed us, we are malnourished. Mm-hmm. When we don't get enough sleep, we have hormonal issues. When we drink mm-hmm. too much alcohol, we have other issues. Mm-hmm. When we don't exercise enough. We have other issues. Like 
there's no rocket science to this here. Mm-hmm. The basics are what matters. And yes. what I found is over time is I didn't need to focus on all the advanced stuff. I just had to get really good at the fundamentals. Exactly. And be really good at the fundamentals. I mean, that's all advanced exercises are. They're just the, the fundamentals mastered. Mm-hmm. So there's no point. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. I had someone who um, who'd never exercised before, never went to the gym. Comes to the gym one day. His, his buddy had me as his trainer. He comes to the gym one day. He's about like 35 pounds overweight, probably 40% body fat. Um, and he comes in, he's got a cutout of a fitness model. And he slaps it on the table. Say, like, hey, I want to look like that. Oh, you want to look like that? And he's like, yeah. I said, you want to look like all of that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, there's two things that are going to be tough. One is um, you're bald and this guy is hair. Can't help you there. And here's the best part. And the second thing is you have a prosthetic leg and this guy doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes the guy's got a prosthetic leg Yeah. and he comes in and he's bald. And I'm like, you're not, you're not realistic, man. Mm-hmm. You can't do what this guy did. Oh yeah. Let's throw in the fact that you're about 30 years older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like it just was not realistic at all. However, I said to him, this person here got a physique he had by maximizing genetics using some some Photoshop, maybe a little bit of, a little bit of tanning here or there, maybe a, you know, supplement, lighting, <laughs> light, whatever it is to maximize what he has. Yeah. But there's no reason why we can't maximize what you have. Mm-hmm. And they said, you never worked out before. So we got to get just, we got to start with that. Your body mm-hmm. can probably only tolerate three workouts a week right now, mm-hmm. but in three weeks, you can probably tolerate four in six weeks. You could probably tolerate four to five and maybe longer sessions. Right. Mm-hmm. You've probably been eating one way, a whole chunk of your life. This guy here probably doesn't eat that way, but we can learn from him. Mm-hmm. So all we had to do is you take a look at what the advanced is. You just got to break it down and then go back to the fundamentals. It's always about the fundamentals. You got to eat good. You got to sleep good. You got to poop good. You got to love good. And you got to move daily. Mm-hmm. When you're doing those things on a regular basis, most people are pretty healthy. Yeah, Absolutely. Is there any one of those components that you've recently added in, like you've started to focus more on, or was it always these things always? Definitely not always. Mm-hmm. Definitely not always. In the early days uh, as a trainer, you know, I didn't look at the, um, like the function of the foot so much and how important it is on gait pattern, how that affects movement in the gym. I was never a big person on sleep just because I got by sleeping not that much. You know, growing up, my family never slept much either. So it was kind of like the environment, not mm-hmm. realizing that that environment does have an effect. I sleep way more now than I did in my 20s, mm-hmm. right? I get way more recovery out of it. And my body feels so much better. So sleep's a real big one. And I used to go for broke when it came to exercise. I'd be like, how much is on that bar? I'll just try to lift it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But now, you know, uh, much more seasoned with the barbell world, uh, the way you lift matters and mm-hmm. it can influence structure on the body. You can change the way the body functions by the way you exercise positively and negatively mm-hmm. and negatively. That's the other side effect that, you know, a lot of junior trainers, myself included at the time did not realize that when you apply certain forces to the body over time, it can adapt negatively. Mm-hmm. So I would learn that, Hey, you don't need to beat the snot out of someone every day. They can still get fit and get healthy by controlling how much is too much, how much is too little, and then finding just the right amount in between. Mm-hmm. Just like adjusting the dials for that person uh, mm-hmm. based on all those factors, as you're saying. And uh, I think I think you you're, you left it very succinctly in that it's 
you, you need to you need to adapt to the person. You need to find the the what the experts are doing and 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 make it more simple for that person and apply what's you know possible in that situation. And I think like mm-hmm. as you're saying, I think I agree with with the sleep thing. It's, it's something that I admittedly still don't do well, but it does make a a, a big impact. It doesn't have a big impact on your recovery and your muscle growth and a number of other things, including body fat loss, uh, if you're sleeping yeah. properly. Yeah, hundred percent. And just for like your listeners out there, when it comes to sleep, a couple of things to consider. If you want to lose weight, one of the first things that will affect that is sleeping more, sleeping adequate, sleeping exactly what you need. So mm-hmm. why is that? Well, on average, most of us ingest 384 more calories when we are one hour deprived of sleep. Mm-hmm. Research shows that. So why would that happen? Well, when you wake up and you're slightly fatigued or you're not fully recovered, as the day goes on, your willpower decreases. Everybody wakes up with a lot of willpower, believe mm-hmm. it or not. You wake mm-hmm. up with willpower. It then gets reduced as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. You, you can't control it. It gets amplified when you're recovered. It decreases faster when you're tired. So just think anytime you're tired, you want to feel good. What makes you feel good? Me, sugar. Mm-hmm. I feel great when I have sugar as I have it. Throw in a little bit of fat, bonus. So if I'm tired and someone put a bowl of ice cream in front of me, oh man, I'm, 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 I'm drooling just thinking about it. I'll mm-hmm. eat it. I'll feel amazing while I eat it. Then I'll feel like a big bag of shit afterwards, but I don't care. I'm thinking about the right now. But if I'm well rested, then th- that craving is not there. Mm -hmm. So sleep is one of the easiest ways that you can maximize fat loss. So if you're not doing that, that's one of the first things I try to hammer out with people. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, my cravings went away. Great. Good. Now we can Mm -hmm. start eating the right things on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I think also logistically speaking, if you're sleeping more, you have less time to, you know, be in the fridge with your head in the (laughs) fridge at 2am in the morning. Right. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, of course, I think you regulate your hormones, you regulate your appetite, you regulate, um, your willpower, as you're saying, it's just hormones are big one. I mean, when when we're talking growth hormone, we're talking testosterone release. Like those things happen when you sleep, they don't happen when you're awake. Mm -hmm. So let's think you go to the gym and you just kill it. You're like, I can't wait to get huge. Mm -hmm. And then you're up all night playing Call of Duty on four hours of sleep and you have a monster energy drink just to get the day going. Mm-hmm. You had never fallen into REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep, which then mm-hmm. leads into a deep sleep, which is when your body's producing those hormones that create protein synthesis and tell you to grow. Mm-hmm. You grow when you sleep. When you're awake, you're breaking down from the time you wake up to the end of the day. When you sleep, mm-hmm. you're repairing and regrowing. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at professional bodybuilders, they nap all the time. <laughs> yeah, they, do. they do. They live in the parasympathetic nervous system. That's mm-hmm. your rest and digest. That's calm. That's when you go get a massage and they wake you up at the end. You're like, what just happened? <laughs> your body is primed for growth. Mm-hmm. Rewind. Think of evolution. What do babies do for the first 12 months of their life? They just sleep. Go. They're like cats. They're sleeping mm-hmm. 20 hours a day, mm-hmm. but they're growing, mm-hmm. right? All they do is eat, poop, and sleep. Yeah. So bodybuilders kind of do the same thing, except they throw in the training. Mm-hmm. And when bodybuilders train, professional bodybuilders, they train that 90 to two hours a day, maybe five days a week. They flip the nervous system from parasympathetic, rest and digest to sympathetic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go kind of thing. They're able to turn it on really well and they're able to turn it off really well. That's why they grow so much. Plus vitamin S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> vitamin S. That's the magic vitamin. Uh, check that on the Canada food guide, just in case. Um, but 
I think you, you said something where they, they turn it on and turn it off. And mm-hmm. I think for the average person, you're so turned on because of work, a family, all this stuff that it's hard for you to turn off. So you're looking, you're looking to press even more, push even more in the, in the workouts. And sometimes maybe it's not about pushing as much and maybe it's pulling back, maybe going to 80% of what you're capable of doing and just trying to get one extra hour of sleep or, or something like that. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but that is kind of how North America, our society kind of runs. It's all mm-hmm. about the, how much can you do? Yeah. How much can you do? Like um, uh, in the, in the 50s, the 60s, maybe in the 70s, it was 888, eight hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of rest, right? Or recreation. Mm-hmm. That's how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, wait a minute. What if I didn't have any recreation and I just worked? Mm-hmm. Ooh, what if I reduced my rest from eight hours to six hours? How much more work could I do? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, it, people are working themselves to death, right? That's where you hear people Quite in the literally. 40s and 50s are like, yeah. th- their body had never had time to repair itself mm-hmm. from the stresses that were put on from day-to-day life, from activities, from mental stresses. And then they, they, they literally physically burn out. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we as professionals try to mitigate with, with our clients. Like we're trying to keep them out of this burnout phase where, where they're doing too much in the gym, maybe sometimes and too much outside of it. And we're just trying to guide them in the right direction without making them do too much. Yeah. And I always say there's a time to work out. There's a time to work in. Mm -hmm. So I'm a fascial strength specialist. So one modality that I use for people is I put them on a table that I have Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. we use straps, we strap them down. We switch the tone of the environment into a, usually a quiet space at the gym. And um, we flip their nervous system from that sympathetic go, go, go to parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, I got a training program. They're on. And it's like, okay, on this Wednesday, we're supposed to be doing, um, could be a high volume upper body day that puts a lot of stress on the back and the neck and stuff. And they come in and I can't see their neck, right? So they come in and they're all shrugged up and stuff. And they're 10 minutes late. And I say, what happened? They saw this crazy meeting today. Had to fire two people. My job's on the line. We can't get this product in. I was driving here. There was snowstorms. Guy cut me off, blah, blah, blah. And you can just tell mm-hmm. that they're toast, right? So they've just been pumping out tons of uh, cortisol all day long. Stress hormone, stress hormone, stress hormone. They probably didn't eat lunch, right? They're probably malnourished, dehydrated. Mm-hmm. It's not the time to put them underneath the barbell. Let's mm-hmm. go ham in the weights. Yeah. It's the opposite. You need them to work in, not work out. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw them on the table, I'll do this very calm stretching protocol, and they fall asleep usually like that. Yeah. And then 60 minute timer up, I get them off the table. They're like, wow, I feel so much better. They were just too tuned in the wrong nervous system. We had to turn that dial down, mm-hmm. send them home. They'll get a good night's rest and they'll be in a better position the next day. Mm-hmm. contrast if you just hammer them and smash them in the gym then they'd be reaching for energy drinks to start the day it'd be just too yeah. much yeah and i think that's a mistake that a lot of us used to make when we we're younger perhaps that we just always trying to almost kill people in the gym and it's really not about that as as we learn we learned but mm-hmm. um i'm wondering too you do fst but do you also do breathing and stuff like how what other things are you doing to help them work in in that sense yeah i mean um FST does have a component of breath. You're utilizing your breath. You're using a lot of diaphragmatic breathing, using belly breathing, um, nasal breathing, just to flip that. The other thing that that I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll coach people how to breathe in exercise versus daily life. And the greatest example of health, if you're ever looking like, what, you know, what should I be doing? You know, look to your kids, look to mm-hmm. children, 
watch how they move, watch how they play, watch how they interact. But if you don't have kids, like don't go to a school at lunchtime and do that. That's, <laughs> that's not a good idea. The cops will be there before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but watch kids. So what they do differently that we don't do one is um, besides obviously like, like moving around all the time and playing is they don't breathe out of their mouth. They're mm-hmm. nasal breathers. Children mm-hmm. are nasal breathers. Cause that's what nature intended us to do. We, mm-hmm. we breathe through our diaphragm mm-hmm. and through our nose. The time we have to breathe through our mouth and our chest and our lungs is not emergency breathing, but when you got to go, when mm-hmm. the speed of getting oxygen in has to be turned up at a fast pace. So mm-hmm. when does this happen? Sports, activity, mm-hmm. running, like when you're exercising, that's when you need oxygen at a faster rate, but you shouldn't for other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So look at kids. They always breathe through their nose, except for when they're playing, mm-hmm. when they go to bed at night, they breathe through their nose, they lie on their backs and they breathe through their nose. That's how most children do. Mm-hmm. Most children have normal bowel movements, right? If, mm-hmm. if their bowel movements are broken up, if they, if they got floaty fecal matter in the toilet, they're not eating good food for their bodies and their mm-hmm. bodies will tell us very quickly. Mm-hmm. Adults, sometimes we forget. We don't know. We don't know what a good bowel movement is anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell a child to drink four liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. They will tell you they're thirsty, Yeah. <laughs> right? They're fresh. Like, oh, I need water. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just need to have water. Yeah. So looking at kids and how they breathe, how they move, how they act, they're just little stamps of approval of what we should be doing when it comes to our health. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that. Like, um, like I'll coach people who are nasal breathers or not nasal breathers. And they're, they're very much chest breathers. We can do an assessment on them and just see how they breathe, put them in a certain position as they take their breaths in. I'm looking for, is their chest rising first? Is their chest rising higher than their stomach? Is their mouth open? Mm-hmm. right away that tells me that they're contracting a lot of the muscles through the neck and the chest their mouth is open which can change your palate mm-hmm. it can change your jaw structure over time yes uh, when you're doing mouth breathing and then what we can do is we can coach and encourage so one technique that you can use i don't know if you've heard of this is um <laughs> taping your mouth when you sleep yes yes yeah so it, like it's not what you think you don't take duct tape and like smash someone's mouth closed instead you want to use like thinner like like uh, painter's tape yeah. And you want to do a vertical taping across mm-hmm. the mouth, not to the side. So you still want to be able to breathe out the sides in case you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a nightmare or you want to sneeze, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to explode your head. Mm-hmm. So you can tape that area there. And then you want to set up your pillows so that it actually has your head in a forward position. So if anyone's listening right now, if you pull your chin to your chest a little bit, that and you're lying on your back, that's the position your head should be when you're sleeping. So mm-hmm. when we look at indigenous cultures, indigenous cultures have been doing this you know, since before the white man made their way over here in Canada. And what mm-hmm. they would do is they would actually wrap up, they would wrap up the child, putting them in those positions. So mm-hmm. they're on their back, their chin is tucked. They can only breathe through their nose. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing it to train them. That's just what they, they knew to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good book. It was written in like 1856. It was called um, shut, uh, shut Your Mouth, Shut mm-hmm. Your Mouth to Save Your Life. Shut Your Mouth to Save Your Life. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a doctor who studied um, he studied over uh, like 60, 70 indigenous cultures. He went to each one. He lived with them for a bit. Mm-hmm. And what he noticed was in the West, everyone was a mouth breather. They were turning into mouth breathers and people were getting sick all the time. And he said, those cultures, they were all nasal breathers. And they even interviewed a guy and he had a fight. So he, he's an indigenous person and he had to fight um, uh, a white man coming in and he fought and he beat him up or whatever. And he interviewed him after. And the white man was much bigger, bigger guy. And the indigenous guy was kind of small. And he said, he said, were you ever scared about fighting this guy? Like he looked like he, he could, he could like win. And his response was, I never fear a man who breathes out of his mouth. 
Wow. Yeah, because they knew something different. They knew mm-hmm. something different, right? Mm-hmm. So the concept of nasal breathing over mouth breathing has a lot of implications to your immunity, to longevity, to stress, to resting heart rate, to cortisol. So that is something that you know I'll utilize a lot with clients. Once I, I catch them right off the bat, if they're not a good breather, we focus on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's something I've really got into over the last couple of years. I, I heard that book. I had Jaws, I think it was, uh, Breath. Oxygen. Mm-hmm. I, I've been sort of down the rabbit hole with this and I'm, I'm certainly on board with this. My sister's a dental hygienist and she hates me now because all I ever talk about is how, how they've ruined people's mouths and it's so the palates and this and that. Yeah. And, I even yeah. me- I mentioned to my dentist, I got, I got yeah. boys, right. And yeah, you know, we had the conversation about braces and stuff and, and sometimes, you know, braces definitely are, are a nice tool to have. And I, you know, I mentioned a thing like, Hey, you must see, see some kids here and like their heads forward and their top of the jaws popped out a lot and like they just get their breathing under control they can change that back right he's like no and i'm like well yeah he's like no they, they need braces and then you know yeah. he deals with that stuff it's like sometimes if it goes forward it never comes back and i was like wait a minute no it does yeah but, you know he's just a little bit more old school and that's not yes. really on his radar yeah and it doesn't make the money when you get, i mean it's a little more expensive to buy braces than it is to buy painter's tape yeah, that's the problem. And I think, and I, I try to get my sister to read the book and to understand where I'm coming from. And she's like, Nope, she studied it. She knows what she's talking about. And it's just, well, she's probably changed your diaper, saw you naked at one point, right? Maybe, so. maybe that's what it was. Eh? <laughs> that's, that's probably what no, uh, I can't say. I can't say that my dentist has done either of those two, but he doesn't believe me either. But that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's better off. He has not done either of those two. Yeah. Hopefully not. But um, I think, I think you've, you've made some really good points with that. Like what to focus on. And sometimes it's the 167 hour, whatever hours they're outside of the gym and not working with you because that more than likely has more of an effect than what you're doing within the, the gym space itself. Um, what's had more of effect than just being in the gym? The podcast has been pretty beneficial. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said random people, I don't know, <clears throat> send me messages or emails and stuff. And they just say, Hey, I didn't know about this. I'm glad you did that. Mm. Uh, I'm a community guy as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to do a lot of stuff with, within our community. I mean, I, I coach, um, uh, I used to coach basketball. Mm-hmm. And so I moved from the East coast where I am now in Ontario and Ottawa. And uh, someone said, Hey, they need a coach for the high school. I say, hey, mm-hmm. I, I used to coach. I'll go coach. I love coach. Showed up there. And I started coaching. And then one morning we had to practice and the boys were just hauling ass and I just blew the whistle. I was like calling them out. I'm like, like, what's going on here? Why is everyone so slow? I'm like, did, did, did you guys eat breakfast? No coach. No. And I just led into them. I was like, you got to eat food. Like you're an athlete. You got to hold yourself up to a higher standard. You can't show up here on an empty stomach and expect to perform. Mm-hmm. And I just gave it to him. And then when I was done, I was like, you guys got nothing to say. And the one guy said, uh, he's like, coach, we can't eat. This was before school practices, right? He's like, we can't eat until eight o'clock. So why not? It's like, that's when the, the breakfast program starts. And I didn't, and I said to him, I said, just eat at home. Coach, we don't have any food. Yeah. Growing up with food, you don't realize like what that's like. Mm -hmm. When these kids told me that they didn't have food for breakfast, I was like, at first I didn't understand it. In my head, I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have, like everyone has food. Then I clued in really, like really quick. Yeah. Especially the location I was coaching at. So that point on, I was like, well, that's not right. Let's do something about this. Mm-hmm. So I got involved with a, 
the local uh, food bank that we have down here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Started putting together a few different initiatives, especially at the gym. We do a food bank um, or food drive every December. I have a lot of incentives for the staff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in, I learned a little bit more about how can you get more out of these drives and money's the big one. It's not so much just the, the non-perishable food items. And then I run powerlifting meets with my wife. We're a, we're a tag team and we run these super large meets, right? And we, we donate a big portion of that stuff to the food bank. So the community has mm-hmm. always been a, a very large role. And I'm very lucky that being in fitness, mm-hmm. my reach is beyond just my clients at the gym. Mm-hmm. So that when you start to do something like with the community, you can get a lot of people in your social circle to, to assist with it. Mm-hmm. And, and you can make a pretty big difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, with the, uh, the breakfast program, I remember that being launched here as well. And I was surprised that, you know, we, that we needed that program. And I think as you did, I clued in pretty quickly. And it mm-hmm. was um, something that, you know, it may, you take a moment, you're, you're grateful for what everything that you're able to do us here, in, just in the case that of the Western hemisphere, the Western society, whatever you want to call it. But uh, just if you compare the, the opportunities that we have, the, the access that we have, we, we need to be grateful. And I think it also means that we have the responsibility to take care of ourselves uh, mm-hmm. where other people don't have that opportunity to even take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So you want to be the example too, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I, I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear more about like, what are the things that you're nerding out about in these days? Nerding out about, yeah. um, last week I took, um, an Aldola course actually mm-hmm. you heard of that. I just heard about this. Tell me about it. I, I have a friend that's like level seven or something. I don't know what it is, but yeah. 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 So essentially it's a, it, it's a way to do segmental through the spine movement mm-hmm. patterns mm-hmm. that work with the fascial lines of the body. Mm-hmm. So underneath your skin, but above muscle, there's a connective tissue called fascial or called fascia mm-hmm. and fascia has a neurological component to it. It encompasses blood vessels as well. So it can affect things like resting heart rate, elevated heart rate. And what you can do sometimes is you can, you can lengthen parts of the body going through these fascial lines through the mm-hmm. Aldola protocols and they have different ones. They have some for the wrists, for the hands, for the elbows, for the knees, for the joints of the body. They got full body movements. Essentially what you want to do is you want to put a stretch on a certain position of your body then you want to maximize it by moving around it. So for you and me, if anyone's listening right now, like a good example is a chest stretch. So mm-hmm. you just take your arm, well, you can do this here, you can see, bring your arm up and, and with your hand, flex your hand as if you're bringing your palm towards your forearm. So just bend your wrist in flexion, mm-hmm. straighten your elbow fully, pull your arm back as if you're going to stretch your pec. Okay. Yeah. So that's like a pec stretch. Well, now pull your fingers as far away from you as you can. So pull your wrist into wrist extension. Yeah. So now that amplifies the stretch because you're not stretching just the muscle. You're stretching the, 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 the deep arm line or Mm -hmm. the superficial arm line of the fascia going Mm -hmm. from the chest right out to the tips of the fingers. So it would be some of these holds or these positions and you can do movement around them to amplify it. Mm -hmm. And so it does complement some of the stuff that I would do with the fascial stretch therapy program with having people on a table, Mm -hmm. pros and cons on both sides. Someone's lying on the table you can't do a lot of activation. We do some PNF work when they're on there, but they're still lying on the table. So as a trainer, the way that I can really complement that is I stretch them on the table, I get them off the table, then I do some movement patterns. This Idola pro- uh, practice, there's no table. You're doing the movements. Like I did it as a class. Like I ran us through like all your standard basic ones as a class. Mm-hmm. And then we did a bunch of assessment protocols to do looking at posture and then doing some movements and then trying to retest afterwards. So it was pretty cool. It was humbling too. Like if you... Mm-hmm. 
Like I was there with some other guys, some big dudes who got a lot of muscle mass on them and a lot of restrictions, obviously. Sometimes the more muscle mass you have, the harder it is to move. Mm-hmm. And after the class, there were some sweaty boys in the room. Um, so <laughs> it's a good workout and there's a lot of benefits uh, to, mm-hmm. to the protocol as well. So that was my, my latest nerd out, I guess you'd say. Did you have to travel to that or was that in your location there? Luckily, um, uh, doing some work with uh, Ben over yeah. at uh, MI40 or Muscle Intelligence. Yeah. Um, ben set it up for myself and a couple of the other coaches. Nice. And Ben came, we all, we all did it as a, as a private um, uh, coaching. So it was nice. pretty cool. Cause they run it out of Montreal. If I remember correctly, Montreal is the big place. Yeah. Yeah. So one of, one of the instructors, you know, mm-hmm. he's in um, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so he put us through um, a full day of a uh, uh, course. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's always interesting that bringing all these practices into uh, the, the way that we train and work with people. And I think, um, sometimes you get super complicated, but at the same time, it's, it's a way to simplify things. That's our end goal is just to make this a little bit more straightforward for people. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, Einstein said the best. I mean, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, that's on my long list of things I want to get into, uh, the Elo- Einstein, how do you say Eloda? Eloda? Oh, Eldola. Eldola. I always say it wrong. I see it always spelt out because my one of my friends still say wrong every three times videos. too. Yeah, yeah. So he he uh, he's, he got me interested in it. So it is on my uh, list of things to do. But um, Chris, I want to make sure like we get to nerd out about a lot of stuff. We get to talk about a lot of stuff. Is there something that you really like talking about, but you didn't have an opportunity to to mention it today? What I like to talk about, but I didn't have yeah. time to talk about it today. Yeah. Um. I could go on for hours about how much my wife loves me. She <laughs> loves me so much. Oh, hi, honey. <laughs> she just came home. <laughs> yeah, that's why, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't have enough bandwidth to actually get in there. Uh, no, I like talking. I like talking fitness, man. So I think we hammered out a few good things here today. Um, I'm a sports nerd too. I really love basketball. And this this year in the NBA, it's just wild watching that thing go. So yeah, and, and I'm a dad, so I love talk talking dad stuff with my two boys. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the mistakes I make on a daily basis, they're just laughable. <laughs> <laughs> how's how's being a dad influenced the way you coach? Uh, big time. I mean, it influenced a lot of things. Like yeah. I don't. You know, I don't speed as much. I don't curse as much, right? Really? Like when the boys are, oh yeah. Like yeah. one time I had a baby in the back seat, and I had someone okay, cut yeah, me yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone cut me off. I had a baby in the back seat, and you know, my normal approach would be to do one thing, and I literally was like, oh, got to mature. Yeah, can't do that now. Just like um, that. patience, <laughs> like like children, they they really test your patience and they build your patience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been kind of the bone the bonus of of, of being a dad mm-hmm. and. Um, everyone tries to strive to be like these great parents. They're like, I want to be an opt. I want to be the greatest parent ever. And I'm always like, no, no, no. I just want, my goal is to keep them alive. <laughs> like if, Simple. Like if, if they go to bed at night and they're yeah. breathing and they wake up in the morning and they're breathing, I feel yeah. like I've done my job. Yeah. You, you understand the assignment here. <laughs> yeah. People are always trying to overdo it. I like, I like to set the bar pretty low. <laughs> that way you always succeed, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so looking at, at let's say, clients coming to you, right? You want them to maybe understand some things that you don't often get an opportunity to tell them. Like, what are some things that you wish your clients understood before they even signed up, before they even registered, before they even approach you? I tell people this early on in the beginning. I say, I'm always, you know, I'm not a cheerleader. Like mm-hmm. this is the difference between like coaching, say an athlete versus um, general pop for health. So mm-hmm. when I work with an athlete, I say, I'm not, I'm not your cheerleader. I'm not going to tell you you're better than you are. I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. I'm not a cheerleader, but I am your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. What that means is if you do something wrong, I will tell you, 
Mm-hmm. But I want you to be successful. When you're successful, I'm successful. So I am your biggest fan, and I'm always putting that in front of anything else. So in the sport of powerlifting, there's rules to the sport, and if you don't meet the rules, the lifts don't count. Mm-hmm. So I will never pump someone's tires and say they're okay. You're, you're doing fine. Don't worry. It'll be. You'll work itself out. No, I don't say that. I'm very blunt. I'm like, no, that doesn't count because of this. Mm-hmm. But then I offer a solution. Mm-hmm. Because of that, we need to do this. So that's like an athlete perspective general population, I don't have a niche. I don't want to be known as a niche trainer. And I know a lot of marketing experts say you need to find your niche and be really good at one Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I never want to be really good at one thing. I just want to be okay at most things. Yeah. Yeah. So what that means is when 10 people walk into the gym, Mm -hmm. uh, as long as I stick to the fundamentals and the basics, I can train all of them to get where they want to go Mm -hmm. at a pretty good pace. Maybe Mm -hmm. not the fastest, definitely not the slowest, but Mm -hmm. that allows me to work with 10 different people. When someone needs specialty, I just refer out. Yes. And I've got a great referral network for that. Anytime someone's like, oh, I need this. I'm like, hey, no problem. I've got the person for you. And Mm -hmm. then I work with them. So when someone trains with me live one-on-one, they also get the network, right? It's not Mm -hmm. just working with me. So I wish they kind of knew that in advance that, you know, I'm very pliable and I've got a a good source of um, resources I can refer out to when needed. Mm -hmm. You're almost like a concierge at that point. Yeah, yeah, just grab different keys. You want the Benz? What do you want? The, they want the, the Ford Probe? What do you want? Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think uh, you 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 did a really good job in sort of laying it out there. For it's, it's a little bit different approach if it's fit, if it's um, a general population person and versus somebody who's an athlete. But in both cases, you have their best interests at heart. You're just trying to get them the, the help that they need. You're trying to get them to the point that they want to get to, and you're going to be their their biggest fan. Uh, though you're not going to be there on the sidelines with the pom poms. That's right. 100%. I want to thank you today for your time, Chris. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, catching up and uh, having to listen to, to all this uh, great stuff that you have to share. It was so nice of you to have me on here. I'm, I'm glad we could do this. Nice to, nice to be able to talk. It is. It is. And I want you guys to uh, take a look at Chris's uh, podcast. He has a bunch of them listed up there. I'll put those in the show notes for you guys. But once again, thank you for coming to the Inside Change podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.